Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> Stay tuned with the two of two O's. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin in mass invasion. We will tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Good evening, unless it's morning, and in that case, good morning. And 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the only podcast to guarantee to remain carbon neutral for the remainder of this fiscal year. Next fiscal year, we are going all electric. Uh, Cam, I sent in the papers. We're going all electric next year. I'm not sure what that means, but I sent in all the paperwork. It's so you're talking electric boogaloo, right? I don't know. Breaking, breaking I have no, I have no idea what it means. All I know is they sent me the papers. It said, "Do you want to go all electric?" I said, "Yes." All right. So at the end of this fiscal year, we go from being carbon neutral to going all electric. I have to change every outlet in Area 51. I don't know what that means, but we're doing it. That's all there is to it. All right. Uh, tonight, it's another mask mandatory episode here uh, because of monkeypox. It's monkeypox night. It's another monkeypox night. Um, and I'm blaming it all on Elon Musk. I don't know why, but it's his fault. Uh, and in lieu of that, we're going forward into the past again, and we're talking to an old friend tonight. Uh, and it's a fun old friend uh, who's back once again to talk to us about project uh area 51 the helix project and his new kickstarter of uh, episode five which which is coming live very shortly uh trevor hernandez Lenkowitz. trevor welcome back man gentlemen as always it is an absolute honor and a privilege to be hanging out with you Oh man, you're such a great liar. You <laughs> on the show when you lie about how much you love being here. Because no, you know, man. I, I mean, what else am I gonna do on a Monday night, man? Uh, well, you could be getting there. blind drunk, but you know, I understand that. <laughs> I got too many comics to be doing that now. Yeah, I understand that. Hey, look, man. Um, you know that we are a huge fan of this project. Have been since the very beginning. It's been what three years now. Um, actually. Uh, probably closer to actually just shy of two just shy of two well let's it feels like a long time i mean we've well, been doing it, does, it doesn't it pandemic you started um back on talkcast 468 on january 10th 2021 wow. when we talked about the first comic so it's been a year and a half since then almost yeah that's crazy and since since then, you've dropped in with every comic. 
And now we're talking about number four as number five is just about to get kickstarted. It's crazy, guys. We're getting old. I think that's I what it means. Well, <laughs> no, I'm old. I mean, you're still middle-aged, so you're fine. <laughs> you, you got many years ahead of you in the world because, you know, as we're talking, you've got project after project after project to work on, even though Area 51 is coming to a close. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to finally sort of get into the climax and into the end of this story, but... That also means that, uh, you know, I, I've been cooking in the kitchen a little bit. We're getting working on projects beyond <laughs> um, Area 51, and it's exciting, man. It's so exciting, um, not only to kind of prove to myself that I can give this story a proper ending, uh, but also to be able to play in different spaces and uh, build different types of sandcastles, you know? Hey, castles made of sand fall into the sea eventually. Mm. And in this case, Pocket Watch Press, which is your baby. Mm-hmm. has been like you know marching to this beat for close to two years now mm-hmm. and it's gone from hey let's you know let's find all these people and let's put on a show to what has become a really interesting complex science fiction story uh that is a good storytelling b great characters c progressively better artwork throughout this series that has now just become phenomenal i mean it's just eye popping stuff at this point and now we're heading towards the climax for those people who haven't yet and you got to be under a rock at this point if you've been listening to the show and not gotten involved in this. Uh, first of all, when the Kickstarter comes live a couple of days after the show airs, and the links are going to be in the show notes, you can go in and you can get all five of them. Uh, and they're all new printings, are they? So so issues two through five are going to be the first printing. Um, the first printing of issue one will still be available in a very limited quantity. Um, however, that that should not discourage anybody because as I was showing you two before um, before we got into the live recording, uh, issue one got a second printing, but it, but it got beefed up a little bit. Um, so it's not it's not your daddy's second printing, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's got yes. a brand brand new beautiful cover. Oh, it uh, does it's, too. It's, yeah, it's it's got um, some fantastic quotes from guys in the industry that I admire greatly. Uh, David Peppos, who just launched uh, Savage Avengers with Marvel. Um, who is who is just an up and coming superstar, uh, and and on the other end of that spectrum we have an absolute titan and and legend um, and staple force in the industry, D.G. Chichester, who wrote an entire introduction um, to the book, uh, who is known for picking up Daredevil after Anne Nascenti uh, and working on that title with the likes of Lee Weeks, um, working on Batman and Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. So um, you get a little bit a, a little bit of uh, an in to the book through the lens of guys who have been doing this for. Um, for for significantly longer than I have, and and are guys that I, I aspire uh, to to even amount to in any real regard. Uh, but this issue also has a cover gallery with the two original covers inside uh, from the first printing, and two behind the scenes 
pages. One of them is the raw inks to the cover with all of the original coloring notes. So you can really get into all the visual nooks and crannies. And then the last page is actually a director's commentary from me where it represents one of the pages in the issue, my original script to that page, and then an analysis and a sort of discussion about how I approached the, the design of the page and how this sort of textual information in the script eventually translates into that finished product. So for um, you know the hardcore comic book fan that wants to know a little bit about how the sauce is made to the aspiring comic creator, I, I really couldn't recommend it enough. Um, not to mention the base printing of that that new second printing is has a, a premium embossed cover, which is super cool. So oh, the cover is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Adrian. Yeah. yeah. Adrian and um, Marcio, the colorist, absolutely destroyed that cover. It, it's one of my favorites. For yeah, I just got to see a picture of that like a few minutes ago and like <clears throat> blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. If <clears throat> if you're a gourmet, uh, the chef says to you, you don't want to see how they make the sausage. <laughs> you know, mm. you don't want to know that shit. On the other hand, if you're a fan of of the comic books, you kind of do want to know how they make that shit. Mm. And for me, this process has come a long way in the almost two years since the three of us kind of tripped the light fantastic down the golden road <laughs> uh, with issue with the beginnings of issue number one, when you sat there pounding your head against the wall going, why can't I make this work the way I want? Mm -hmm. And we all three of us remember those days. It was, mm -hmm. that was tough. That was a hard knock life for you. Yeah. Lots so what's changed for you in this project between for this project between then and now? Oh man, uh, I mean so much. As as we've kind of discussed, this year and a half feels like it's been three or four or five, you know? Um, and a big part of that is just going through that struggle and, and going through it with the eye and, and the mindset of knowing that in order to succeed, I have to reflect upon those struggles and really think about, you know, why those things are occurring and how I can combat them. and. Um, make this sort of system more efficient. But a big part of that is also, you know, creatively, I've learned so much. Um, and I, I always, you know, I walk away of every issue proud, but I also know that there's always something to be learned by what I've done prior. Um, and it's always important for me to not just walk away from prior issues completely. But I do a couple of months later, I always like to go back and read them with with a, a fresher mind and, and pick apart the things that creatively and as a storyteller and as a better storyteller that I know that I could have done better so that I can prevent those things in the future um, and just just make a sharper tool for myself moving forward. Um, so I think a, a part of it is the experience. And, and again, going into that with that same that same sort of propensity for reflection. That's huge. Um, and, and I think at this point, to be honest with you, I mean, creatively, I'm a totally different person from who I was when I first met you guys. I oh, mean, yeah. Uh, no, I've noticed that completely. Yeah. I and I, I, I think that. it's been for the best. Um, you know, I was I was really sort of shy and, and insecure about stepping in to this um, to this new challenge, this new medium. 
and and I've done it a couple times now, and I feel like I've made those improvements every time, and I've been able to look back and understand what my successes were and where I could have been better. And you know, I've gotten to the point now where you know I, I feel like I've I've matured quite a bit as a storyteller, and I understand myself and my abilities, but also just by virtue of getting further along in this story, I know these characters better and I know what's right for those characters and um, what's right for them. Isn't always going to be what those characters want, right? It's going to be what those, what those characters need in order to have a, a satisfying arc. So um, that's been huge. It's just getting to let these characters kind of take the wheel and drive themselves. And um, I think that gives me all the confidence in the world in order to sort of steamroll forward. One of the things that I've noticed, and I don't know, whether you can see that or not. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to be brutally honest about it. Is that in the two years since uh, since we've been talking about this, my medication has changed. Mm. So <laughs> I'm a very different person. And in a lot of ways, your medication has changed too. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I... I think you know exactly what I mean by that. Uh-huh. You're a much calmer person than you are, were when we first got together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, you're being much more confident in your own process. Mm-hmm. And it shows in your writing and it shows in, in your just in overall in your process. Um, I get your newsletters every couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I watch your uh, your uh, releases from Pocket Watch Press, and they used to be very frenetic and very uh, staccato, mm-hmm. and they're not anymore. They're very relaxed, and it's like, yeah, we got this, guys, and here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Come on along. And as you've gotten more confident with what you're doing the whole process has gotten a hell of a lot better it yeah. really has thank you yeah I, I i i mean you know selfishly and i think a little bit maybe mm, egocentrically i i mean i i would agree you know i i think i i see that but i think it's it's also never really cause for me to to be static it's always you know having me look forward and, and try to determine what i can do better now uh, and I think that mentality is super important because, like you said, I, I, confidence is everything. And confidence has 100% changed the game for me because I realized that my understanding of the media and what I'm capable of doing has has grown exponentially over the last year and a half. Um, and and, and I, I have the confidence of knowing that I've made those strides, but also um, that never stops me from being hungry. And I think that's that's. Oh, they're they're mutually exclusive concepts. Right. Absolutely. But, <laughs> and and I think that that is that is my strength because I, I've seen guys who are in positions that I've been in who have gotten comfortable because they've seen that advance, um, and then they plateau because they're they're not hungry anymore. They're satisfied. And I think my my greatest strength is that I I don't think I'll ever be satisfied, um, and I won't let myself be satisfied because, I, and and I say this a lot more comfortably out loud is that I genuinely I want to be one of the best to ever do what I do um, and I don't say that as um I don't say that loosely you know in the way that a child says they want to become president of the United States one day um, and I say that because I think and I genuinely believe that you know with the support from the people that I've I've gotten support from um, and, and with the 
you know, the, the just the hunger that I have to be better and to learn and to always, always step fearlessly back into what I've done in the past and be able to judge it and learn from it. I think I think it's possible. I think I can be the guy 20 years from now that the person who was in the position that I was in a year and a half ago can look at and say, I want to be like that guy. Um, and I, I couldn't have said that. I couldn't have said this out loud six months ago even. Um, but I believe in it and I believe in my collaborators and I believe in the people who, who like you guys have had my back and have, have, have taken the time to read the material and share your thoughts with the material. It's allowed me to grow so much as a person, as a writer, as an editor, as an art director, um, in, in every aspect, pretty much of my life, you know, even outside of comics. And, um, it's made me, I think a lot better and a lot more comfortable at doing what I do. So, um, that, that is to say, thank you. Thank you to you guys for, for helping me get into this position where I feel like I can sort of flow smoothly. Oh, hell, that's the fun part for us. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's the joy about doing what we do is that we get sometimes what we do get is, you know, authors or writers or creators of one form or another who are just starting out and, how many do we know Dome that are now writing amazing novels or are doing art for, you know, amazing, doing amazing art in various different places. It's so much fun to watch somebody grow and become and grow into what they're truly capable of. It's, it's so much fun for both of us. Well, for us, it's because of the longevity that we're able to actually see that, you know, being around for as long as we have, we get to watch people, who you wouldn't normally be able to see that over over a span of time, but we have been. <clears throat> yeah. So I, it's it's go been ahead, huge, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's it's like I said, it's been a huge retrospective for me. Uh, like I tell you guys, you guys before I do before I launch anything, you guys are always intentionally the first show that I do on my quote unquote press circuit. And and for me it is almost always a, a sort of full circle moment, you know, from where I was before I launched my last book. And it, and it puts a lot into perspective. Um, and not only is, is it obviously a good time to just hang out with you guys and, and sort of wax craft and, and wax just, you know, the experience um, that, that I've undergone over the last couple of months, but it allows me to take a moment and really think about where I was the last time we spoke. Um, and it always, always feels different, which is one of my favorite parts about being able to do all of this. So let's talk for a couple minutes about how we close off this series about the Helix Project. Talk a little bit about how the story starts out, where we get to through issue four, and where issue issue five, which we're just about to kickstart, takes us. Yeah. So without spoiling too much, because yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I feel like every issue pretty much always has some sort of major revelation, if not more than one. Um, the sort of thing, um, really, if, if I'm going to le- let somebody in who hasn't really given this story a chance before, um, it, it sort of it, it's it sort of uh, takes place primarily in a 1970s UFO hysteric America under the shadow of the Cold War, and it presupposes that the alien specimen. That was mass sighted in Roswell, New Mexico in the late 40s, um, lands on Earth and masquerades as human for a few decades until he exposes his alien physiology in a last ditch attempt to save a human's child's life. Um, But in doing so, he's murdered in cold blood uh, right in front of his son, 
who is a half-human, half-extraterrestrial hybrid named Kent. And now Kent is sort of sort of left to struggle and pick up the pieces for the next 15 years until he's confronted by a mysterious letter where the sender claims not only uh, were they there the day that his father was murdered, but that they somehow have a means of getting him back. So this drives him to uncover the circumstances surrounding his father's death and obviously to question the M.O. of this cryptic person uh, and is meanwhile sort of dropped in the jaw of this genetics Cold War conspiracy um, and forced to face a twisted ghost from his past that really plunges a dagger into everything he knows about himself and what it means to be human. And ultimately, it, it really forces him to reconcile with his warring sense of identity. And we're sort of at the point in the story come issue five where, um, you know, we're beginning to peel back the curtain on exactly what that twisted ghost from his past is that will be challenging everything he knows about himself. So, you know, uh, I think with every issue, we've always had a sort of major revelation that challenges Kent and Kent's understanding of himself and the world around him and the circumstances that surround that. But this is, I think, by the time you get to the end of this issue, it is the big sort of pullover where you will really begin to understand what is at play here. Um, and I think you will, to the greatest intensity, feel the challenge for Kent and understand what the real sort of oh, the real sort of mountain to climb for this character and and for this cast of characters will be ultimately. In the end, um, what I've come to figure out about this story is as there really was no beginning to it, there really can't be an end to it either. So if the reader is expecting it to be tied up in a, a nice little box with a bow and a, and a, a little gift tag, uh, don't. <laughs> mm. it's, it's that simple. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it, it, the story, this story and this arc definitely has an end. Um, where we leave this story, however, at the end of issue six is in a place where I think if I was ever inspired enough in the future to come back, and play in this space, I think that the option would be there. Um, but I also feel confident in saying that if we step away from these characters and from this world for good, that I will leave you in a spot that is that is satisfying. You will feel like this story has had its, its natural end. Um, now, I think it's also worth making out that I won't come back to the story or to these characters unless I have the right idea. Um, that's really important to me because well, I think that's only fair. I mean, you you've known the conclusion to this story for two years. Just about, yeah. I mean, we talked about this two years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I it's, get it's, that. It, but yeah, I, I think mean, we, we both also know that we both also know that there are other stories to be told within this framework. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, uh, really, that that sentiment that I expressed prior, um, I mean, I think is exampled in, in, in a lot of the franchises and the stories that we all love, you know, um, sure. obviously, you know, we've we've seen a lot of stories that have have been sort of forcefully pulled out from uh, their grave and, and, you know, revived back into the public eye. And, you know, literally what comes up is a shell of what they were before. And it's really important to me to let let this story have its have its end. And if I were to ever come back, you know, 
that that quote unquote revival is, is a lot more seamless. And um, it's a little bit less, uh, you know, me digging into a grave and more Lazarus rising, you know, of his own accord from the dead. So the question then begs itself to be told that you have a lot of administrative work that needs to be done because the artistic work is pretty much finished mm-hmm. with Area 51, the Helix Project. And now it's run the Kickstarter, get the printing done, send the rewards out, listen to everybody bitch about who didn't get what they were supposed to get, <laughs> make sure everybody's happy with that. Mm-hmm. And when that's all done, take a deep breath, a week in Hawaii, and then... What? What's up and coming after that? Well, first of all, the closest I'll ever get to a week in Hawaii is having a background on Zoom that looks tropical. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna send you a, a, an 8-inch wading pool that you can put in the backyard. That would be fantastic. I will. <laughs> I Cam, will would you it. get that ordered, please? We can I get will, that sent I'll out next week. That. I will. I will work on that right now. Make that a Kickstarter reward for him. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Will do. Will do. Excellent. Oh, man, I peaked. That's how I know I peaked. Um, no, I'm, but to answer your question, um, we've got a lot, a lot coming out moving forward. Um, the most immediate thing to look forward to is an anthology uh, that I'll be working on with uh, a horde of different creators um, uh, artistic collaborators, that is, uh, just because it, it's going to be quite varied when it comes to genre um, and subject matter. But they'll all, all of the stories will be sort of loosely tied together by a common theme. And that theme is simply perspective. And we're going to be looking at perspective through the lens of these different genres and these different subjects. Um, and I and I really get to sort of stretch myself creatively. Uh, and And like I said, work with some familiar collaborators that you've seen before, but also some some new uh, ladies and gentlemen that I've had the pleasure of meeting throughout the last two years or so um, doing these shows and and just by virtue of putting the work out online. And it's incredibly exciting for me because as much as I love working in this space, this sort of sci-fi noir thriller, um, this gives me the opportunity to explore what I'm able to do with the tools of other genres and find commonalities between them as well and, and sort of exploit those things. Um, but I, I just I get to play in, in a couple different sandboxes and build a couple different castles. And um, it's it's incredibly fulfilling one. But I think it's also going to be a great, great calling card for me, um, because I think not only will it show that I can work in, in from a couple different positions on the field, but um, I think for for somebody looking to get into me as a creative force, it will have something for everybody, which I am super excited about. So the name of the first anthology book, which I'm hoping to make an annual thing, um, is going to be Minutes to Midnight, The Hour Between Life and Death. And so each anthology progressively will will advance an hour on the clock, being that my company, uh, the name of the company is Pocket Watch Press. And the theme will be loosely sort of tied together to that time on the clock. So for me, um, starting at midnight, you know, the beginning of a new day, that sort of changing of of perspective was really interesting for me. Um, and and it gives me a lot of space to play 
specifically when it comes to dealing in all these different genres. So I am um, I am so, so, so excited for everybody to see some of, of what's going to be coming out. Because uh, I think I think you'll you'll see some familiar sides of me creatively, but I think you'll you'll be able to see some some unfamiliar sides as well that I think will be pleasant surprises. Well, that sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there's. uh, So you're not taking a lot of time off is what I'm hearing. No, sleep is for the week. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have time for sleep. And I'm I'm looking at the Kickstarter, or at least the list of what you have coming, you know, in the Kickstarter for goodies. And I will say, if anybody's been listening to the podcast and you've kind of been on the fence, now is the time to go into the Kickstarter, or you can wait until he, he does not the Kickstarter for number six. I don't care. But at some point, you really should get on board, and now would be a very good time because he's got some good deals to pick up on catching up on this. And I think this would be the best way to read this is to read one through five all the way through without that break. For some of us, we've had to read one, then wait until Trevor sends us two, then wait until we get number three. You'll really get an opportunity because I think, Trevor, one of the things you and I discussed with number one was that while it was a well-written story, you left us wanting more with number one. And that was one of my if, if there's a complaint, that would have been it. It's like literally, OK, so where's this going for somebody that's now sitting at this point, listening and potentially, you know, backing this? You're not going to be like me sitting there waiting for number one and going waiting for number two to see where this is going. You'll be able to re- this will be the closest thing. Well, so, well, let me throw this out here. Ever thought of graphic novel for this whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you know, because of just where we're coming out of in, in terms of publishing independently, uh, it unfortunately puts me in a position where I do have to do the issue by issue funding. And the success, you know, of each progressive issue um, will determine whether or not we can go to trade. Uh, as of right now, if we keep scaling upward at the rate that we've been scaling upward at, uh, a trade is 100% within the realm of possibility, but that is entirely dependent on um, on everybody listening and their their willingness to give this story a shot. And uh, I mean, you know, if, if there's anything to be said is that I, I will always, whether it's the, the story inside or the physical product, deliver more value than what you pay for. I mean, the physical print of these books uh, are significantly higher than what you're getting at the big two for the same exact amount of money. And you get more, more more content within those pages uh, on top of that. So if I do go to trade, you can bet that it's going to be um, likely the prettiest thing on your bookshelf, if that means anything to you. <laughs> oh, it does to me. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I like a good trade paperback on my bookshelf. So we'll, 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 we'll talk again when you get to that stage. So but yeah, I mean, it's seriously, you have ratcheted up every single issue. Yep. So I think, you know, this is definitely something you want to get on board for and just check this out. I appreciate that, Cam. Thank you. So here, here's, here's where we're at. We're wrapping up a series that Cam and I have watched since the Kickstarter began for 
issue number one. And I sent him an email and went, yeah, we got to watch this one because it looks cool. And sent an email. And Trevor said, yeah, I'd love to be on the show, man. Uh, thus started a, uh, oh, I don't know, what do you want to call it? I, I think a, a relationship. <laughs> For lack of a better I was going to say, if you said beautiful friendship, I was going to, you know, uh, wonderful. No, nah, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Yet. Uh, where we got to meet uh, Trevor Fernandez Linkowitz. And, and watch him grow as, as an entrepreneur, uh, as an artist, as, as a... Uh... As a person, really. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. And as he grew, his products grew and matured. And his storytelling grew. And his, this project grew and matured as well. And now we're watching it come to a close. And the close, uh, as this podcast opens, uh, goes to Kickstarter. And it's issue number five mm-hmm. of Area 51, The Helix Project. It's beautiful. The story is exquisite. The characters are wonderful. The artwork is amazing. Uh check it out you'll love it we love it uh i cannot cannot wait to see what this looks like although i'm lying if i say i can't wait because i've already seen a lot of it and it's really cool but i honestly can't wait Trev, to see what you do next and i i can't thank you enough for being on the show with us tonight man uh listen like i said i I always look forward to this every time and um, it, it puts everything into perspective. It puts, you know, my entire career so far um, really into perspective. You know, I think about where I was when we first spoke and just how nervous I was to, um, to talk to people about this thing that I, that I made up in my head and that, you know, I thought was worth sharing um, and putting out into the world. And, you know, to be in this position now where, I, I mean, I've traveled all, all across North America this year alone. You know, I mean, I've been to two, two different coasts of Canada. I've been to the southern part of the United States. Um, in a matter of two weeks, I will have been to Dallas and Charlotte within a week of each other. Um, and to be able to meet all these people that, that connect with this thing that I made up is, <laughs> is, it, it is, it is the greatest joy that I will ever have. Pretty damn cool, isn't it? Come on. It is, it is incredible. It's the most fulfilling thing I can do because, you know, I've said this in past conversations is that, Yes, the story is made to entertain, but the story is also meant to express something, right? Um, ultimately, the problems that these characters face in some ways are problems that, as a person, I think a lot of us can go through um, in very different capacities. You know, this this is me working out, you know, things that I've had to fight my, myself and in my life. And I think there are things that a lot of folks have had to come to grips with, you know, just being a story about reconciling with identity and memory and, and with loss. Uh, we all, uh, from different angles, can kind of approach those problems, and to be able to to explore those things in an entertaining way through, you know, the tools of the sci-fi and thriller genres, um, you know, that's what makes it palatable, and, it, and it's what allows people to connect with it. But 
you know, to, to think about where we are now versus where we were, like you said, in January of 2021. Um, yep. It feels like a lifetime, and, and it is a pleasure. It is genuinely a pleasure to chat with you guys and, and to, you know, put everything into perspective and look at everything, not only in the rearview mirror, but to look at what we have coming forward, um, because everything has changed. Everything has changed in, in the best way possible. And, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to you guys, and I'm grateful to everyone listening. It's Pocket Watch Press, Dark Knight Nation. Area 51, the Helix Project, and the unpronounceable name that I finally learned how to pronounce, Trevor Fernandez Lankowitz. Trev, you're welcome back here anytime. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. I, I hope I hope you don't come to regret that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't think we will. <laughs> for for anybody interested, uh, June 13th, we launch we launch bright and early in the morning. Um, it's probably somewhere in the ballpark of 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, by the time you guys are probably listening to this um, in the weekend prior, one of those links you can click uh, and then follow the project so that you're notified when it launches. I think it'll be worth it. We're going to have a couple of rewards that are only going to be available um, for a certain amount of time as a sort of early bird special. We have offerings that we've never been able to offer before, um, like cool enamel pins and bookmarks and hard metallic art prints. So, you know, consider giving it a look. And, um, Again, uh, Cam Dome, it is a pleasure, and I'm, I'm privileged and, and honored to, to be able to chat with you guys um, for as long as I have been, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, buddy. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is made possible with the support of Granite Con and Double Midnight Comics, Plastic City Comic Con, the Upper Valley Comic Expo, Dreamforge Anvil and Dreamforge Magazine, and Comic Art House. If you're looking for a great gift idea, may we suggest Sci-Fi Saturday Night's anthology, My Peculiar Family, available on Amazon. The audiobook is also available on Audible. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. Check out all of his amazing work at robwattsonline.com. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Their discography is available on Bandcamp. Thank you so much, Jojo. This is Dome saying shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. So unless it's daytime, good night, everyone. This is my brother, Yako.